Good afternoon once again and welcome to Sports Social here on Soundcast FM. I'm Ed Easton, your host once again. Another interesting night in sports. Another interesting day ahead. If it's your first time listening, Sports Social, brand new show here to Soundcast FM. It's not your typical sports show in the sense that, you know, we just kind of just ram stats and everything down your throat. A lot of it is free discussion about just what's going on, whether it's college basketball, Major League Baseball, NBA, local sports. Anything that you guys are talking about that's trending right now, that's basically what I'm talking about. Got some interesting games today, whether it's the NBA. Uh, obviously, we're based out of New York here in Brooklyn, New York. A lot of Knicks fans. I'm a Knicks fan. We got the Knicks going one-on-one. I don't know if I, I don't want to call it one-on-one. More like going into a place where they have zero chance. I don't even know, maybe 0.1 chance of winning against the uh, Golden State Warriors tonight. Not a uh, likely matchup, but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Golden State, obviously, the best team in the NBA, going to try to break the record of 72-10, and 10, which we've been hearing about all year from the Chicago Bulls, all the way back in the 95-96 NBA season. You know, Jordan Pippen, Rodman. And now that we're pretty much at the home stretch of the NBA season... You got to like their chances. You got to like the fact that I could really see the Warriors becoming that that top team, that that team that everybody's going to be saying, oh, man, we got to model ourselves after the, the Golden State Warriors. Teams are already doing it. I mean, is it really the way their lineup is set up? They basically play. You know, like two small forwards at the forward position. Like Draymond Green is not really a power forward. But that position doesn't exist anymore. Even though they have a center, and most teams don't have centers anymore. Andrew Bogut just, you know, he grabs rebounds, kicks it out to Steph Curry here and there, kicks it out to Klay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, Andre Iguodala. You know, it's just so many weapons on the team. And and when I when I say these names, it's, it's not to say like, oh man, these are some extremely elite players I'm saying in a sense that they just they're just a team they know how to play with each other they know spacing which is probably the biggest thing you know a lot of teams don't really discuss anymore besides the the teams that usually win like the Spurs and like the Warriors I don't think I've ever seen a game where Klay Thompson was you know stepping over Steph or you know Steph doing too much over Klay Two great scorers, and they just seem to just get along. Seems like there's there's not one sense of oh man, we may have to trade one of them. We may have to to make an upgrade here, or you know, there's not enough shots to go around. How many times have we heard that in the past with teammates? We've been hearing that for so much with Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook in the Oklahoma City Thunder, but you know they make it work in a very weird way. It's not in the fourth quarter. You've had teams in the past where, I'll just throw this example out there. The Toronto Raptors, where they had Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter on the same team. 
struggled in terms of who was the featured star. At the time, everybody felt Vince Carter. So when it came to contract time, the Toronto Raptors didn't really think giving Tracy McGrady a certain amount of money was enough. Like they, they didn't feel like he was an elite player at that time. And obviously moving on to the Orlando Magic where he became a multi-time all-star. He became one of those elite players and just a, a bona fide scorer. It's just interesting looking at the contract situations with Golden State and how some of these guys are still, in my opinion, overpaid. I mean, underpaid, to the exception of Draymond. And yet you don't hear any, you know, well, I need to get more money. I don't. You don't hear any of that stuff. Maybe Harrison Barnes, but he's going to be a free agent. You know, I, I don't see he's not having a great second half to his season. Ever since he got injured, uh, I don't see him coming back. But uh, it's it's very interesting. Usually teams like that, you know, they always quick to break up because of money issues. Not the Warriors. I think Steph is making, I think, somewhere around $60 million, which obviously is vastly underpaid compared to the contracts that have just been given out. I mean, Reggie Jackson is making over $80 million for the Detroit Pistons. Not to take anything away from Reggie Jackson, but he's not an MVP. He has yet to be an all-star. But once again, he's making the money. So I look at, you know, the character of guys, and you see like a Steph Curry not complaining about a big contract yet. The money's going to come. I mean, Golden State just saved it up. They say they're going to come up with a $200 million contract for this guy. But you think about these things. But back to tonight. If you're a New York Knicks fan, you're hoping... Two things. Two things you're hoping for. One, they come out and they play with a lot of heart. And I mean just going out there, laying it all out on the line. No one's giving you a chance to win, so there's nothing to lose in that sense. You're on the road. You're playing against the best team possibly in history if they break that 72-win record. It's something to think about. It. It's it's It should be motivation enough if you're a Knicks fan, and even a Knicks player, I should say. To go in there and put on a put on a show, put on a hell of a show. I look at the situation regarding, you know, Carmelo Anthony and Kurt Rambis and Phil Jackson. They don't know whether or not they're gonna have Phil Jackson take over as coach next year and Phil would only coach home games because Phil doesn't want to travel. It's it's such a weird conversation because as an I don't care, I'll take Phil Jackson for as many games as I can get him. Carmelo come out, you know, he, he, he's, he has his opinion with it. He feels like Kurt Rambis should be considered for the full-time job. He's, he's already made a little bit of a, of a remark that he's not too excited about hearing, you know, oh, well, we might have Phil just for home games and then Kurt Rambis on the road. He wants just one coach. I want to say, you know what, Carmelo, I get it. You want to have just one person to listen to, but... When you're in this when you're in this place right now as a Knicks fan or even just a Knicks organization, period, where you're struggling, you're looking for some type of spark. You know, Carmelo, you're always being talked about in the trade discussion. At this point, you kinda gotta just be you know, you just gotta say, hey, if it happens, it happens. You gotta go with the flow at this point. You know, he keeps talking about how he's gonna be at the head of the table during the offseason to help recruit new players for the Knicks. 
Ah, look, man, I don't know what Carmelo's influence, if he has any amongst his peers in the NBA, but he's yet to really reel in anybody. Aaron Afalo, decent role player. Robin Lopez. I mean, I just pretty much said all I could say. Robin Lopez. I look at the team, and the thought of Kevin Durant, who's basically made it clear he's not coming to New York. So let's just get that mindset out of everybody that's a Knicks fan's mind to think that Kevin Durant is going to make that transition over to the Knicks. It's not happening. Sure, the money will be there, but... He just knows the organization, and I'm pretty sure Kevin Durant at this point in his career wants to win a championship. So to play alongside another scoring dynamo in Carmelo Anthony, I don't know. It's a little bit different than playing with Russell Westbrook who likes to score. Russell Westbrook also likes to pass. The guy leads the league in triple doubles. I... I don't know. It's it's one of those things you, you got to look at if you're Carmelo Anthony, what matters? Do you comment on the fact Kurt Rambis may not be the head guy? Bill Jackson may be the head guy. Bill has kind of made it clear that his main goal is turning this organization around. He said it a couple times. I'm more interested in things happening right now. A lot of talk, a lot of, oh, we, this may happen or that may happen. I, at this point, let's just let's just see if we can get some wins. But speaking, speaking of wins, I'm how about the the Brooklyn Nets? Now, I continuously bash the Nets because of the stupid trades they make, the uh, the horrible way they they present themselves in regards to like just garnering our interest in the public. I'm from Brooklyn, always been a Knicks fan, will always remain a Knicks fan. Them coming to Brooklyn from Jersey, I still look at them as Jersey's team. Some may consider that to be disrespect. I don't care. This is this is how I feel. But how about uh, Bojan Bogdanovich? Yeah, alright. Some people may not have known that he plays for the Brooklyn Nets. He dropped 44 points last night. How about that? 44 points. Stranger things have happened in the NBA. But that's a huge night. Is it something for Brooklyn Nets to be, you know, Nets fans to be excited about? Maybe, you know, something that you can hang your hat on. Say, hey, our guy dropped 44. You know, even though our season's been a... I don't want to call it transition. It's just been a full tank job. Tank job for draft picks you're not going to have until maybe, I don't know, 2018, 2019. I've lost track. That's the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Not a lot of winning going on there. So not a lot of winning going on in New York, period, when it comes to basketball. St. John's? Are you kidding me? Chris Mullen takes over. A lot of big hopes and dreams. Let's bring back the good old days. You know, the St. John's Redmen, you know, back before they were the Red Storm. Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson, just because Chris Mullen's head coach. But then we realize Chris Mullen has never been a head coach at any level. And St. John's just struggled the entire year. I mean, it was so bad that I didn't even know St. John's was still playing. There was zero talk about St. John's basketball. 
But you know, what? I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a pass because it's his first year. In my opinion, the coaches really make their money is by recruiting. So this offseason is really what's gonna determine, in my opinion, if Chris Mullen is the coach for the St. John's Red Storm. The Big East tournament could have really used a nice little hometown flavor. Not not Villanova, who's not, you know, come on. Villanova, Seton Hall, that was that was a nice surprise. But it wouldn't have been the same. Like, think about if it was St. John's doing what Seton Hall did. How the city would just, oh my God. You talk about the tournament, you got St. John's back in the tournament in a relevant position in the tournament where they have a realistic chance of winning it. The city would be insane right now. Every talk show, besides this one, would lead with St. John's in the NCAA tournament. It would take over the back pages. It didn't matter if the Knicks were good. The Giants made a great, you know, number of trades and signings and such. St. John's in the tournament? That's a big deal. A huge deal. But, you know, I'm going to have plenty to talk about, obviously, with the NBA. So I don't want to go on my, my soapbox too early just talking about things that I care about. Going to have some calls a little bit later. Once again, that number is 516-900-2278. That's 516-900-2278. going to be a fun show. But, like I said, we're in a basketball mood right now. And just like how it is on Sports Social, I like to play the classics. How about some Curtis Blows? Take you back to 1984. It's basketball. You're listening to Sports Social. It's at Easton. Isaiah and Iceman too, just give him the ball, and then you talk up too. Dan 
Ian Wiggins are on the scene And Ralph Simpson is really mean Bill Russell didn't take no jump And Dal Dawkins got a monster dump <laughs> To the hoop, y'all We're back, Sports Social, here on Soundcast FM. And as we're playing the song Basketball by Curtis Blow, we have a guy on the line who knows a lot about basketball. I'm make sure he's still on the line. Is he there? Nope. Oh, guess we'll have to call back. Looks like we have calls on the line. Sometimes they get through, sometimes they don't. We'll try again with him later, but it's okay. You listen to Sports Social with Ed Easton. Like I said, it's going to be a crazy array of games coming up, mostly in college basketball. You have the NCAA tournament already kicked off. 
Yesterday's games, like I was saying, were the playing games, so they weren't really big deal per se. I mean, but you know, they need to have winners. Uh, Farley Dickinson didn't even show up for that game that happened. That happened yesterday. Florida Gulf Coast just took care of them. The game was over in the first half. I don't know if anybody got a chance to watch it. Came on True TV, so if you have True TV, check them out. And also, all the games are on uh, NCAA, the NCAA website. The uh, next first four games today are Holy Cross versus Southern for the number 16 seed. And then you got the uh, number 11 seeds, Michigan versus Tulsa at 9 p.m. Now, I'm actually interested in that Tulsa versus Michigan game just because Michigan's a good team. I don't know exactly what they want to do in regards to you know, like how they want to break this down. Just because I feel like it's funny that Michigan has to do a play-in game and then Syracuse doesn't. But, you know, that's just my opinion. You have a caller on the line? Caller, are you there? Hello, caller, are you there? Yes. Here he goes. All right, we got uh, Danny Class A here on the line. Hey, how's everybody doing at Sports Social? Having a good time right now, just tuning into your show. Congrats, man. You got your your thing going off the ground. Thanks. I appreciate that. I like the breakdown off the ground. I like it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like it's not quite blasting off, but it's it's off the ground. It's, it's levitating a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you're taking flight. You're soaring into the sky. <laughs> all right. I like that. There's no sarcasm in that at all. But, no. Uh, no. Not at all. Uh, Danny, how's it going, man? It's going good. A um, couple projects I'm working on I'm excited about, both in professional life and also on the side. Um, so looking forward to getting into those later. But before that, we'll uh, talk about some sports. Yeah, well, the thing is I actually wanted to have you uh, talk about because, number one, you're, you're the biggest Brooklyn Nets fan. Yeah, I'm not even that big of a fan, but just by virtue of of being a Brooklyn Mets fan, <laughs> I, I I wallow in misery, but I still feel like I'm less miserable than Knicks fans. Okay, that was so, an unnecessary shot, but um, why do you it's feel something I truly feel? No, 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 you but, did, you did, you did. Yeah, but okay, so last night's game, did you watch that? No, I didn't. I was watching the People versus OJ. <laughs> So you actually didn't see the 44 points from Bogdanovich? Nope, I did not. I mean, it was against the Sixers, and I actually <laughs> went to see a Sixers game uh, with the Nets earlier in the season, and it was god-awful. So I did not want to see that again. Yeah, I about to say, it, well, it was expected to be god-awful. I mean, these are not, these are not like powerhouses right here. Um, yeah, Jaleel Okafor is not even playing. Joe no. Johnson has been traded. It's just a lot of star power has been lost. You actually took that pretty hard, uh, you know, uh, uh, via social media. You're at Pablo Dollars. You're very vocal about uh, Joe Johnson. You were like his biggest fan. Yeah, I, no, I was. I was very saddened by it. Um, I think the hardest part for me was when I was telling everybody Joe Johnson is still very good. Um, he can make a team a lot better. Uh, and I even told Lincoln that you know on OKC he would be good. 
and and Lincoln's response was, we have Randy Foy. And now you see Miami Heat and what they're doing with Joe Johnson. It, it, it's really sad for me to watch. He's, he's becoming a big part of what they're doing. Wade is deferring to Joe Johnson. And I'm just, I don't know what, what like I knew it was going to happen, but to see everybody else talk about it as if nobody saw it coming is like, wow, you really didn't watch Joe Johnson play. But, you know, I'm happy for him. I'm looking forward to seeing what Miami will do against the Cavs in the playoffs because, to me, they're clearly the two best teams in the Eastern Conference so far. Wow, you, you would put them over Toronto and Boston? Yeah, I just I, I don't have faith in Boston. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas is something you can you can eliminate once playoff time comes. On top of that, you got Toronto, and, and really what have they done the last couple playoffs? Um, Joe Johnson terrorized them. I don't know if you remember that Raptors series. No, I remember so, that. So the... So they the the Heat have Bosch who might come back. They have Dragic, all of this deep bench, and and we also haven't seen Lowry put together a good playoffs. Um, he's had two really bad playoff runs, so we got to see that. And I'm I'm giving the edge to the Heat, even though they didn't make the playoffs last year. I still think Wade has enough left in the tank, and they have a system that's better than both teams, and they have a defense that can make the other teams you just mentioned question themselves down the stretch okay once again i'm on the line with danny class a he is a uh, contributor to keep it a real sports.com once it's back up officially running again now danny i gotta bring this up to you because i know that one of your biggest passions is bo- is boxing yes so what are your thoughts with this whole amir khan you know this whole fight with canelo alvarez is it is it possible? Like I keep hearing these different things. Like it may happen, it may not happen. Oh, is it, isn't it already going to happen? It's, it's going to happen. Well, I'm hearing delays on it. Yeah, but it's going to happen. Um, I just saw a video of Canelo training and Con training for each other, so it's it's going to happen. I just um, I just never understand what Amir Khan is always a, a big dispute and whether or not he's going to fight somebody because there was a whole thing with Mayweather and. And that didn't happen. I don't know what is what's the Amir Khan. You know your thoughts on him. I think he's a really good fighter. I just think that um, he he tries to be a heart guy when he's really a smooth boxer, and that's when he gets in trouble, especially against guys like Danny Garcia. Um, just just people that he shouldn't necessarily exchange with. And I think that's why he'll he'll lose to Canelo. Um, I, it's on May seventh um, in Las Vegas, by the way. So it's happening pretty soon. So it's definitely but, gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, Khan Khan is just—he's a really good fighter, man. There's times when he looks like the best fighter in the world, but he makes a mistake, he gets hit, and that and that quickly goes away. And I think Canelo's gonna beat him just because he's a much bigger guy. It's gonna be like Cotto, um Cotto was landing a lot of shots on Canelo, but they just didn't hurt him. Um, and uh, it's not really a fight that I think is, is in question too much. The only danger for Canelo is how good he looks. If he looks halfway bad, um, I think it's a, a moral loss for him. But I don't expect Khan to do much damage at all. Maybe he'll win four rounds, five rounds. That's that's the best outcome I see for him. That's That's like the ceiling. And also the the floor is him getting knocked out. 
Okay, so switching gears a little bit, also keeping in boxing. Manny Pacquiao said some questionable things for the last uh, couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on uh, Manny Pacquiao? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, he's very deeply religious, and I'm sure he was echoing sentiments um, that probably would have helped his campaign. Uh, similar to what's going on in American politics today, I'm sure he was just pandering to his base. But that doesn't work in America. You know, we, we don't accept that. Kind of a letdown, but at the end of the day, Pacquiao is just not what he used to be. He's fighting Timothy Bradley in what people are saying or presuming is his last fight. Um, I, I He's really not that big of a player anymore in boxing. And uh, I really wasn't bothered by it. Um, I, I, I find the comments to be deplorable, uh, unnecessary. And I don't really know why he spoke about them. But then again, when you realize they were on Filipino TV, um, you can see why perhaps he was pandering to his base and trying to garner up support from his constituency. Okay, so now moving forward, we don't have that Floyd Mayweather anymore, allegedly, if he's officially retired. Who's mm-hmm. who's the top guy in boxing? Oh, no, without a doubt, it's it's Canelo Alvarez. Um, uh, there was hope Golovkin would be that guy, but, you know, his fight against him, he didn't really do too great pay-per-view-wise. So it's it's Canelo. It's Canelo by a mile. He's the number one guy, and I would I would assume I would assume that uh, I would assume that Canelo is going to build himself up, and we might see Mayweather come back to fight him again. I think that's the logical next step for the Mayweather comeback. Okay, well Mayweather may come back to fight him again. Would that even be a draw? That's my that's my question. I think if you can somehow market Canelo as somebody who became a lot better in Pacquiao, I mean, in Mayweather's absence, um, you might be able to drum up that draw and support. So I think it, it'll be a draw, um, especially when you carry the Mexican fan base and just anybody excited to see Mayweather fight again after his big layoff. Uh, and, and also... Who knows what Mayweather may do to sell the fight. You know, he might turn back the clock and act like the old Mayweather that was throwing money at cameras, and that might draw support. Not support, but attention. Hmm. All right, well, that's something to think about. Danny, uh, thank you again for uh, chiming in. Yeah, yeah, I just want to add a couple more things. Um, Subscribe to my YouTube channel, Nerdberg TV, N-E-R-D. B-U-R-G TV. It's on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter, Pablo Dollars. Uh, holler at me, man. All right. That was uh, Danny Class A chiming in with the NBA and some boxing. How about that? Have a good one, Danny. You too. All right. Let's just keep the music going here on Sports Social. We'll be right back.
right, how about a little Michael Jackson jam? Another song you haven't heard in a while, so... This type of mood we're in, how about that? Once again, another thank you to Danny Class A for checking in with us. This is Sports Social, I'm Ed Easton. Just going through a little bit of things that are like going on. I started talking about the NCAA tournament. Just because, you know, you got the, the first four that's happening. You got two more games tonight. Holy Cross versus Southern and Michigan versus Tulsa. Now, Holy Cross is that interesting team. They only had 13 wins throughout the season. Below 500 record, but because of the rule, if you win your tournament game, you get an automatic bid. That's the interesting part about it. Because you win your tournament game, you get an automatic bid. So, Holy Cross is in just because of that. And, you know, they're not going to let them in all the way because you have a team that's below 500. They want to have them fight their way some more. They really get into the full, you know, grouping of 64. I understand why Holy Cross is in this game, but at the same time, they did win their conference tournament. I just don't get... And this is mo this most, mostly I'm saying this for my confusion because when they do these first four games, what is the universal criteria for how these teams are selected? Who's, you know, what's considered a team that is barely in? Like, uh, is it because of their, you know, their conference? Is it because they're not part of a huge D1? Things like that are what really, you know, are what really has you questioning all the time. So I'm looking at, you know, Holy Cross, Southern. Would it be interesting if Holy Cross actually won and then ran the tables? I mean, it's possibly not. It's most likely not going to happen, but that would be a heck of a story. You're talking about the movie rights for something like that? Thursday starts the tournament in terms of the full slate. And boy, this is a ton of games. And this is the most fun. Thursday's also St. Patrick's Day, so... It's going to be a lot of celebrating going on across, especially here in New York. It could be a lot of people out having a good time. Duke versus UNC. And it's not the UNC. Just make sure everybody knows UNC Wilmington. They're going on at noon, and that game's going to be on CBS. Texas Tech Butler is going to be on True TV at 1230. Colorado versus Connecticut at 1 p.m. on TNT. Iowa State versus Iona at 1.30 on TBS. All the games are staggered, which is very different. Baylor versus Yale at 2.30 on CBS. Virginia versus Hampton at 3 p.m. on True TV. Kansas versus Austin PA at 3.50 on TNT. Purdue versus Arkansas Little Rock at 4.20 on, on TBS. Miami versus Buffalo at 6.45 on TNT. Indiana versus Chattanooga, versus Chattanooga at 7, 7 p.m. on CBS. North Carolina versus, it's going to be Florida Gulf Coast. That game's at 7.15, and I'm a North Carolina fan, so I'll be watching that a little extra. Utah versus Fresno State at 7.15. Arizona versus, versus Wichita State, that'll be at 9.15 on TNT. Kentucky, Stony Brook, a lot of Stony Brook fans out there, especially in the New York area. That should be a fun matchup. Kentucky feels like they deserve the higher seed. I also believe they deserve the higher seed. They won their conference tournament, and they play in a tough conference. That game's going to be on CBS, and that's at 9.30. USC versus Providence. 
which should uh, I'm looking at Providence in this one TBS and 945 and then the final game of the night Seton Hall versus Gonzaga a lot of people are going to be checking that one out because Gonzaga is known for upsets Seton Hall obviously their big win in the Big East tournament going to have a lot of people watching that's the final game at 9.55 on True TV. And that's just day one. So you can expect this is an insane array of games. If you have one of those TVs that can do the quad box, this is the time to do it because there's a game on every other minute. I mean, I filled out my bracket. I'm not going to give it away yet because I know certain people are still figuring theirs out and I'm in the same type of pool league with them and I'm trying to win this year only thing I could give away is that North Carolina is going to win the title oh yeah that's what's happening North Carolina is going to win the title this year one of my that's my huge guarantee now in regards to all the other teams that I'm hearing that are favorites, Michigan State, I'm hearing from a lot of people, they were, you know, wrongly given a number two C when they deserved the number one. Then you got the situation regarding Kansas, which a lot of people love Kansas. They love Kansas. So it's just a matter of time before Kansas is going to be, you know, in my, I, this is the way I have a matchup. I have Kansas and North Carolina. And I see North Carolina taking that game. I just think they're so balanced with Marcus Page, veteran point guard, a veteran for college, meaning he's a senior, Bryce Johnson. I just think they have too much. The only thing that always worries me about, worries me about North Carolina is the consistent jump shot. The only consistent shooter is Marcus Page. Everybody's kind of a streaky shooter. But down low, I feel like with Johnson, we have a lot of rebounds that we're going to grab. I just don't, I'm not worried about making it to the Sweet 16. I think we'll get to the Sweet 16. From there on, it's going to be a fight. It is going to be a fight. But that's what it's all about it's the tournament. These are the moments. Once again, we're taking calls, 516-900-2278. It's the Soundcast FM Studios, 516-900-2278. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Ed Easton Jr. Once again, that is at Ed Easton Jr. So I'm thinking about it now. and It's funny how like March Madness... Is become such an iconic time and even people that are not really big college basketball fans this is when they become fans I remember watching games younger and and this it sucks that this is the game I bring up but one of the first games I watched in terms of college basketball when I was a kid was the um, the infamous no timeout game that was highlighted in the Fab Five with Chris Webber and once again, I'm telling you, I'm a North Carolina fan, and North Carolina won that game. I believe this was 93. I want to say 93. Could be wrong here. Pretty sure somebody's going to point it out. I'm not going to look up anything yet. I'm just going to go off the top of my head. Chris Webber calls the uh, infamous no timeout timeout. Costs Michigan the game. Michigan was a heavy favorite. 
the Fab Five were favorites heading into that game. But North Carolina under Dean Smith, the late Dean Smith, pulled it out. And I said, wow, this is exciting stuff. And all I knew really up to that point was NBA. I didn't really follow college. But that really got me into it. And, and what makes it great, and even going back to the UConn game last week, you're going to get fantastic finishes. So if you know somebody that says they're an NBA fan and doesn't really like college basketball, this is the time to get them to watch. If you have that friend that's just saying, oh, man, I'd rather just watch the NBA. The NBA is where it's at. I can't watch anything else. Blah, 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 blah. Turn them on to all these different networks I just said. CBS, True TV, TNT, TVS. Tomorrow, all the games will be on. It's no excuse. Got I mean, this is the type of stuff that you do live for as a fan. It was 93. Thank you. I just got a, a guy named Black on Twitter just tweeting me. It was 93. I was right. Feel good about that. So it's things like that. If you watch, you'll just learn a lot more about not only the players, but the schools. And it was actually a, a good thing for me because being young, like a kid at that time, I knew about college right away. They didn't need, you know, to watch any documentary or anything like that. Any, you know, pamphlet or brochure. My introduction to college life was through watching college basketball. I don't know if that's a good thing, but it worked for me. So this is basically my PSA saying that, you know, if you know somebody that just says they only watch pro basketball, they only watch the NBA. Look them in the eyes and you explain to them where it all starts. College basketball is where it's at. There are no more, you know, straight out of high school guys anymore. Most of them are just going to be one and dones, the uh, Ben Simmons of the world, just with better teams. And that's really what it's all about. You know, it's always an interesting thing because I'm going to watch the games tomorrow and I'm thinking like Duke versus UNC. You want to see UNCW win. You want to see Butler win. You want to see the upsets. I, I love watching the upsets. There's going to be a lot of crying, a lot of, you know, cheers. But that's what the fun of it, it all is. I mean, whether you're watching in the bar because it is St. Patrick's Day, it's it's just there, man. It's It's something that I feel like a lot of people, once you give it a chance... You appreciate it more and more. Friday is similar to Thursday. Obviously, you got to play the other side of the brackets. So you're going to get hit with a billion games as well. It's actually some games going on at Barclays Center here in Brooklyn. I've been tempted to, you know, take the chance and go to one of those games. But I haven't decided yet. I mean, it's rare that they have the tournament in New York like that. I think they had it last year. But I remember in past years, they'll just put it out somewhere out in California, somewhere 
somewhere else, the first or second round, or the Sweet 16 somewhere else. It's never usually in this area. We usually get the NIT. The NIT finals is always at Madison Square Garden. That's become a tradition. And I don't know if you guys were watching the NIT last night, because I wasn't. And this is not to, to you know, to discredit all the teams that are there. It's just that, in my opinion, I'm not really a fan of the National Invitational Tournament, or as I like to call it, the not-in tournament. You guys weren't good enough for the big tournament. Why? Why? Why am I getting excited to watch you in the NIT? But all those games are usually on ESPN networks, so... You have options. There's nothing but college basketball the rest of this month. And in April, you got the NBA playoffs. You got the NHL playoffs. You got the, uh, I believe, the draft for the NFL, or unless it's back in May again. Pretty sure I'm going to get a tweet about that. This is spring. Spring has happened. And, of course, the number one thing that happens in the spring is when the boys of summer return. And, yes, that is baseball. Yankees, Mets. Who's a better team this year? Obviously, it's the Mets. And as a Yankees fan, it hurts to say that. But you know what we were due? We were due to have one of these moments where the Yankees start to fall off. We've been good for, it seems like, the last 20 years. Obviously, all of Derek Jeter's years. Except for the last one. The Mets are having their time now. They're going to enjoy it. I'm actually going to speak with a heavy Mets fan very soon. He's probably one of the biggest Mets. He says he's going to get a Mets tattoo. And if you know, if you followed the show from when it was Keeping It Real Sports, when I did the show Keeping It Real Sports with Stan Talouis, Stan was very animate about getting a tattoo of the New York Mets logo if they had won the World Series. They didn't win the World Series. But he says he's going to get that tattoo. So I'm going to hear from him regarding that. And of course, he's going to have plenty, plenty on the NFL. Who's up, who's down in terms of the, you know, the uh, draft, whose stock is up. Free agency, recent signings, his thoughts on the Giants flurry of signings. Plenty, plenty, just to really go through. Now, one of my things that that I always have to think about, especially around this time, because we're heading into like the playoffs for NBA, NHL, baseball starting, which one do you prefer to watch now? Like, which one are you sticking with? Do you jump into just full college basketball mode? Do you stick with the NBA? Do you just say, you know what, forget everything and I'm just going to watch the NFL free agency frenzy? all day because I know people that tweet only about the NFL even though the NFL is not in play right now and that's all they'll tweet about that just shows how powerful the NFL is I mean after all this time it's is uh it's really a testament to the marketing you know even the movie concussion with Will Smith didn't even hurt it didn't hurt anything. Did the truth. That didn't hurt anything. No one cared. 
the NFL is still going to be the NFL. But hey, you know what? We learn something new every day. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know how things change in regards to like rules and such. The NFL said they're not going to change certain rules, even though we want them to change this whole catch rule. What is a catch? What's not a catch? I'm going to just beat Stan in the head about all these things because he's a huge NFL fan. Loves everything about it. Even the violence, I think, for the most part. But hey, there's a reason why it's the most popular sport in the world. Well, definitely in America. I'm not going to say the world because the real football, soccer is. But hey, who knows? All I know is we're going to go to another break. We'll be right back to Sports Social in the Mideastern.
on a mission. You better just listen to my rhymes, cause I'm all about this and cause. We're back, Sports Social. We're at Easton. Nothing wrong with a little raw bass, right? Once again, that number, 516-900-2278. Call us up. We'll talk some sports. And, you know, it's the interesting thing. When you see... Like, I like to play a lot of old music, like, and I'm considering old, like, the 80s, 90s. Today's generation that just listens to, like, you know, Fetty Wap and such, that's good, because I listen to it, too. But I've always been a fan of, like, the classics. So, mostly on this show, I'm going to play a lot of, like, the classic joints. Maybe some Run DMC. We hear more songs like that. I just feel like it gives a new air to a lot of music that you hear on most stations, especially most internet stations. And that's really what it's about. Just feel good music, get you ready in the mood, probably eating lunch right now. That's what it's all about. You're at work. You just want to feel good. Step away from your desk. I don't know if you were dancing to the song. If you were, all power to you. But I was just mentioning how NFL free agency is underway. And one of the craziest things, one of the craziest things about free agency is all the different, fa- you know, the new faces, new places, that whole thing. 
we look at certain players, and this is one. This is the one that really got me. Prince of Mukamura, he was the starting corner for the New York Giants. Signs a one-year deal to join the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason why it's, it's weird to me is because he's a young corner, still pretty talented. He had a, he, he was injured most of the year for the Giants, but he wants to take a chance and just sign a one-year deal. And that's that may sound for some people like, what's the big deal? A one-year deal is not really much of a guarantee. Why not ask for more money? Why not ask for a couple more years? I, I feel like he has the ability to command that type of money. Granted, he's taking a chance on himself to ask for just a one-year deal, no real security. But is it the smartest move in the world? And I say that because then I think of another player like Victor Cruz, who the Giants missed the entire year last year like we as a Giants fan we missed him the entire year Beckham was great but you need a partner a partner that's going to help you through certain things and he's a guy that could get open and make plays as well he decided to accept the pay cut that the Giants were offering now in regards to the pay cut he's going to make significantly less he helps the Giants cap room obviously he had the option of testing free agency and saying, you know what? I'm worth this amount of money. I made, I, you know, I helped win this team a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Granted, I was hurt for a year, but I'll be 100% back. Is that a sense of loyalty or a sense of desperation? I'm a big Victor Cruz fan, so I'm happy to see him back. But it also has me wondering, like, is there something wrong still? that he's willing to accept less money. This guy is a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver when healthy. But now you have to think, if he's taking less money to definitely take a lesser role with the Giants, to stay stay with the New York Giants, he's still fairly young. Are there still some problems there? Are we heading for another year of, I don't know if he's going to play, he may play, he'll come out with another documentary saying how he wants to play. We don't know. But I know one guy that probably does know. Stan, are you there? Yep, what's up, buddy? Hey, we got Stan Talouise on the line. Stan, you are officially live this time. Oh, that's, that's, that's fun. <laughs> I don't know, I just want to make sure the last time you were, it was straight to tape, so you know. Okay, yeah. I had a lot to say about uh, the draft last time, so. Yeah, you okay? Yeah, yeah. I just woke up from a nap. Uh, was it a good nap? Yes. It was fantastic. It was it's, great. It sounds fantastic. So, the NFL draft, obviously, end of April, 28th to the 30th. It's coming pretty pretty quick, and are there any, like, big changes in your, your mock draft predictions? Um... I haven't released the first version yet, and um, from what I was thinking early on, it hasn't changed too much. Um, I've been looking at what other guys have written. I know Danny Jeremiah has uh, the Giants taking Laquan Treadwell. I disagree with that. I don't. I don't know if they go wide receiver that early. Um, I I think uh, I think we see the Patriots. Uh, 
make some moves. Uh, you, you saw yesterday they traded uh, Chandler Jones for Jonathan Cooper in the second round pick. Um, Chandler Jones is a is a pretty good player, but I think uh, with this with this class of uh, defensive linemen, um, with the second round pick, you can definitely upgrade that position and get somebody more versatile. Okay, so obviously that's the pick you see for the Giants. But in terms of like the very top of the draft, any changes in regards to like first, second, third, who's going in those places? No, nah, man. I mean, I, I'm looking at it, and, and I just I see uh, Laramie Tunsil from Ole Miss still as number one. I, I really think this guy is one of those tackles who's going to be your Walter Jones, your your Orlando Pace kind of guy who's going to be on the team for you know, 10, 12, 15 years who's going to anchor your offensive line. Um, he's a very, very good player. Um at two, I mean, you can go in a number of directions. Um, the Browns have to take a quarterback. I can't see them not taking a quarterback. I see Carson Wentz is the first uh, is the choice here. They can go safe and go uh, Jared Goff, but I, I just I, Carson Wentz is he excites me more. So I, I think uh, right now Carson Wentz is a pick for the for the Browns. Um, Number three, the Chargers could take Ryan Stanley from Notre Dame. Um, you know, you know the need for offensive line is always at a premium. They could go Jalen Ramsey, the the corner slash safety out of um, out of uh, Florida State. But I, I really think the Chargers. Listen, last year, if you look at the Chargers offensive line from week to week, it was never the same. I think they really need to have consistency at that at, the, at that offensive line position. So I think uh, the Cowboys. If they don't go with a quarterback, Carson Wentz might be off the board. Maybe they go, you know, Joey Bosa. You know, uh, Greg Hardy was the only signed him for I think one year. He's got a suspension. Um, so I, you know, they they, they can go a number of directions. Um, five. Jacksonville is going to be interesting because they, they made a lot of moves uh, in free agency. They've done a lot. Um, if both are there, they they will take them. I think no matter what, the Jaguars go uh, defense. So you could see a guy like DeForest Buckner. You could see a guy like Miles Jack if he's there, Jalen Ramsey if he's there. Um, it's pretty much a free-for-all for the, for the Jaguars at this point. All right. Now, um, there's another thing that I want to look at in regards to just the way the draft is, because it's going to be Chicago again this year, correct? Yes. How do you feel about that? Like, don't you feel like it should be back here in New York? Absolutely, but I mean, I'm a New Yorker. If you ask somebody from Chicago, they'll say, "Well, you know, it should be here." Um, I, honestly, I don't think it really matters. Um, as long as it's not like in Secaucus or some you know, remote <laughs> location, you know, it's like you know, if it's in LA, it's cool. If it's in Miami, it's cool. If it's in New York, it's cool. As long as it's a big city that that understand the magnitude of this kind of of this kind of event. Right. So, and just the way I remember the presentation from Chicago last year, they said it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously this year it's it's back there again. I, the reason why I say that and this is probably me just talking from a New York point of view, I, I just don't feel the same buzz around it. Even just well, watching it from You said I'm not going. Yeah. No, you're not going. And 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 honestly, the reason I went to Chicago is not because the NFL wanted to leave New York. It's because Radio City decided that they wanted they didn't want to move their 
their uh, whatever it is spectacular. I forgot what it's called, but um, they didn't want to move that. So, I mean, the um, Rockettes are so busy, so you know you gotta you gotta make sure right. they're okay. So I think you know if you're the NFL, if you, if you want to host the NFL draft in New York, and Radio City says no, you know it's a, it's it's you know it's important to find another venue. Yeah, but in New York. It, the, the thing, they, in New York. that's what I'm saying. Like, why not find another spot in New York? That was gonna be my next question. I'm pretty sure, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure Barclays Center they could have gotten. Oh yeah. You know, like uh, absolutely they could have. I mean, if you look at uh, you know some of the stuff that, that you know the, the Barclays Center when we went to the draft uh, the, in the NBA draft it, it held it pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at you know. I don't know if they worry about the size, and I don't think they should be. Um, the Bucket Center would have been perfect for it. I think MSG could still could still you know do a good job. Even the theater at MSG could um, the, the the I don't know if it's still called the Wamu Theater, but right. the Wamu Theater could have held it. Um, there's a number of venues, the Beacon Theater. I mean, right. Best Buy Theater, any anywhere in New York really could have held it, but. I think uh I think money came into play as always. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I don't even know what venue they hold at in Chicago, but I'm sure they they called me up and, and showed uh, showed the NFL that they should hold it at their place. Okay, once again on the line with Stan Talawis. He's giving us the latest going on in NFL and obviously Stan, we're both Giants fans. A lot of moves on defense. What are your thoughts on the different pickups? Um I'm not gonna lie. I think they were paid for some guys. I do. Um, I'm not. I'm not again. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't hate. I don't hate what they did. I think uh, what I do like about it is that they they got ascending players. What I mean by that is they got players on their way up and not on their way down. So uh, you look at a guy like um, uh, they overpaid for um, what's his name, the defensive lineman. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, snacks. But. Right. They were, yeah. yeah, they were paid for it. It was nice. Okay. Snacks is 27 years old. Yeah. Not, I mean, and people like to say, well, you only pay, play this percentage of the snaps, and you only, well, all right, you're going to pay a lot more snaps, and he's, his numbers should improve. Mm-hmm. If, they, if they don't, if they say the same, all right, well, we needed a defensive tackle. Um, people are going to argue that, you know, he's playing out of position. Okay. Well, I don't think he really is. Um, he's a versatile lineman. He's used to playing in the, in the three four, and he, he's gonna have to transition to a four three. But I mean, again, he's not just this one trick pony. He's he'll he'll learn how to how to play in the four three. Okay. Now, what about the uh, cornerback position? I feel like there's a huge update um, upgrade there. Uh, in terms of for the Giants. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Obviously, the, you know that's a lot of money for Jonathan Jenkins. It is. But again, like I said, ascending player, twenty-seven years old. Um, I think, but you know, he's not. But here's my thought, and I just want to. I'm sorry. My thought, real quick, is I understand these guys are like twenty-seven. They're they're not young guys, you know. But it's more of they're a win. They're not old, but it's more like a win now type of team. Because you got Eli Manning, who's approaching, you know, that age, where he's getting too old right. to to the point where you have to win right now. And I, I kind of get it. So like well, I don't. Yeah, I I I I understand as well. I think it's not so. I don't think it's not so as much as a win now kind of thing as much as it's Jerry Reese, you know, really trying hard to, uh, you know, 
lock down his, his his job and make sure his job is safe because you know obviously if he if he if he hadn't made you know a huge move we're talking about you know him possibly getting fired next season so I mean I don't I don't hate what he did at all I I I, I like it okay so if now looking at the team you see the pickups where else do they need help um. I could see upgrade that uh, offensive line still. Um, I think uh, letting go of Jeff Schwartz was a mistake. Um, yeah, he was hurt, but he's still one of the better guards in, in the league. Um, and had they had they kept him and used him to get Mitchell Schwartz, who is arguably one of the best offensive linemen in the league, you know, get his brother there. You're talking about solidifying an offensive line um, that you know you could have talked about for years. Um, now at this point, you've really only got uh, uh, a few positions that are secured. You've secured your uh, tackle position with Eric Flowers, and you've got your 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 left guard position secure uh, with um, can't remember his name all of a sudden, but, but yeah, you know you have Western Richburg at center. So you know they brought in. Um, um, damn it! Shouldn't have had that nap. Uh, they brought in uh, Russell Okung for 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 uh, for a meeting. Uh, he's still out there as a free agent. He, I mean, I, I hear they had a good meeting. He visited with the Giants, so they can sign him to play right tackle, get another guard. I think offensive line is still a position because, like you said, Eli Manning is still getting up there in age. Um, you want to keep him up there. You want to keep him protected. So uh, I, I would say offensive line is is is, is a as a premium position. I think safety is a position that really really needs to be addressed. Um, Eric Weddle just signed a four year deal, I think I think it was Chicago. Um, I wouldn't have given Eric Weddle uh that much that many years, but I mean the need for a safety is there. Um there's some safeties available still. Um a lot of them are a little old, so I can see, you know, giving somebody a one year deal, two year deal, you know, an, an incentive based deal. Um but I, I think if you need a safety, this is the year to get one in free, in free agency. Um, let's see who's available. I think Reggie Nelson at 32, turning 33 in September. I think he's an option for the Giants. Uh, Walter Thurman, who switched from corner to safety, is still very, very good. I don't think Rashad Johnson is going to leave, uh, leave um, the, um, the Arizona Cardinals. But, I mean, if they can, if they can get him at 30 years old, you know, that'd be a nice pickup. Hussein Abdullah from the Chiefs is a solid pickup. There's a lot of decent safety that the Giants could go for, and they need one. If not, I mean, there's not a lot in the draft, but they need to, they need to go after safety and offensive linemen. Well, that's fair to say. Um, you know, I, I saw, like, a lot from the team this year, and, and, and like I said, we could go through the Giants forever, but um, it's just another, there's another obviously huge – Holes and a couple of other teams. One of them being the Jets with quarterback uh, Ryan Fitz. Is Fitzpatrick coming back? Like, is this something that we were really going to see? You know, come together. Not unless he takes. Uh, he asks for less money. The money he's asking for is ridiculous. He's asking to be paid like a top three quarterback, like a top five quarterback, and he's just not that. I will say this: he's had one of the better Jets seasons for a quarterback I've ever seen. 
Uh, no one can deny that. He's had a very, very good season. But I think a lot of that is because of Brendan Marshall and because of Eric Decker. Um, so I, the running game also helped him. I will, like, he is one of the reasons that they were in position to make the playoffs, but he's also the reason that they didn't make the playoffs. I was just about to say so, that. Yeah. yeah. I think so it's... I think uh I think Ryan Fitzpatrick needs to lower his price tag. Uh if not, I don't see him for a back. Okay, well Colin Kaepernick now, that's another guy that seems to not know where he wants to go. Well, uh I don't think Colin Kaepernick should go to the Jets. Because remember, this is a guy who really didn't have a very good season last year. No, not at all. I mean he was benched. Uh, for Blaine Gabbard at one point. I mean, this, uh, that, they can't get much worse than that. That's um, true. But I don't think his his skill set fits with the Jets. Fits with the Jets. I think uh, his best bet is to go to go to go to Denver. Um, he can play with Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak has a history of playing with more mobile quarterbacks, guys with big arms. Um, he a lot of the things that Kubiak wanted to do with it, man, he couldn't because of his lack of mobility. Um, and I don't I don't know if he would have been able to do the same things. With uh, Osweiler, either I think it would have been uh, Osweiler's mobile, but he's he's also six foot seven. Um, he's he's not slow, but he's not fast either. I think Colin Kaepernick fits better in the Denver offense. Um, as far as the Jets go, I mean, if they can make a trade for somebody, I think they should. Uh, I don't know too many names that are available for the Jets. Um, I also think that they should probably try to give Bryce Petty, uh, you know more of a shot to, to, to get a shot, uh, to get a starting position. Um, they can draft a guy, but I don't know if Honestly, the draft uh, is going to be good enough to start. I was thinking, this is, once again, just a thought, why not make a deal? Is Drew Brees another guy that's still on the, on the market? It seems like they always talk about him being available for the right price or the right, you know, anything. If you're the Jets, why not pull the trigger, keep um, Petty as your backup, and just go from there? Make well, a deal, throw Gino in the deal, you know. But this is, but really the make the, the move. The Jets have been down this road before. I mean, they, they, they it, it, I mean, not, not to say that it didn't work out, but and Brett Favre, when they traded for him, isn't isn't in the position, wasn't in the position that that Drew Brees is, is in now. Um, you know, you're also looking at the fact that he did have a, a shoulder injury. Right. I think the Saints are, will, are willing to keep him. I think uh, Drew Brees and and Sean Payton want to just want to stay together. Had Sean Payton not come back, I think the Saints would have been more willing to deal uh, Breeze. But I think uh, I, I, I I really do believe the Saints are, are really you know they want to make another run at it. The, the NFC South is not you know solidified with the Panthers. I think the Panthers will be good again. Yeah. I mean, but other teams will be solid. I think the Saints will be. I've gotten better. I think you know the, the Buccaneers are, are quietly getting better. The Falcons are still the Falcons, I guess, but you know they have no secondary wide receiver right now. I mean, they do, but mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. But even like in the AFC, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are, are looking pretty good. So on paper, they look pretty good, man. The Jaguars look good on paper. I'm not gonna lie. I think offensively, I mean, they was they were one of the top five teams. Um, you saw what uh, what Blake Bortles was able to do. Receivers, um, and you know, defensively, they have you know. It seems like they've, they've upgraded almost every position or every position group. Um, but, you know, championships aren't won in March. We know that. Right. So 
the good thing about uh, about the, the Jaguars is, you know, like a lot of other teams, they are ascending. They're, they're on their way up. I think Gus Bradley is, is is building something. They won some 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 fun games. They they scored a lot of points last year. Um, and the AFC South is not, you know, this powerhouse. They can easily win that division. I mean, you know, they're they're an Andrew Luck injury. Uh, they're a uh, you know they're a JJ Watt injury away. That you know Tennessee has gotten better, but you know the, the AFC South is up for grabs, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Jaguars really make a move for a playoff spot. All right. Well, once again, always get the best NFL anything from you. I, I don't even know. I can't put in one thing. I can't just say NFL draft, NFL free agency, just any NFL news you always get from Stan Talouise. Well, we can call it analysis. Analysis. Call it analysis. Okay. I was just going to say anything because at this point, you know, you, you're the expert. So I go to you. What was it? Guru, I said? Was guru was good. Guru, guru right? Guru was good. I am the guru. Yes. But you know what? Before I'm coming, I, I'm coming from Mel Kiper. <laughs> before I let you go, two things. One thing is uh, you have a show coming up. Yes, um, March 25th. I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club. Uh, 9:30 doors open. 10:30 show. I mean 10 o'clock show. I'm sorry. Uh, Ten dollar cover plus two drinks. Broadway Comedy Club is on. I believe 53rd between 8th and 9th. Um, it's going to be a fun show. If anybody watches Joking Off on MTV2, Matt Page is going to be the headliner. I will be doing some some time. So uh, if you've never seen it before, this is the opportunity to do so. If you have, uh, if you've seen it in the last few months, chances are this is going to be the same drugs, but who cares? <laughs> They're good drugs. They are good. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, come out to that. Uh, if you can, if you find me on Facebook, you know, uh, I'll invite you to the event or you just find it through somebody else. Just come out and support because this is uh, actually one of the first paid gigs I'm doing in a long time. I haven't done a paid gig in a while, so. Nice. Uh, it'd be fun to, for you to see what kind of material I do when I actually get paid for it. <laughs> it's extra motivation, huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the last thing I had to bring up, I actually brought this up earlier in the show while you were taking your nap. Uh, mm-hmm. I was bringing up the fact that, you know, baseball season is about to be underway, and mm-hmm. you said how you want that Mets tattoo. Yes, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And how do you feel about this year's team? Uh, I'm excited, man. I, I mean, uh you know, the pitching staff is always exciting. Um, Wheeler's coming back. Uh, you know, there could be a, an opportunity for Rafael Montero to make the, to crack the rotation. Um, so I'm very, very excited. At the at the very least, you know, we'll have you know four aces in the, in the four potential aces in, in the starting rotation. Um, David Wright is, is is back. He's he's playing in the field again. Um, I mean, the signing of Yoan Cespedes, you know, was really what what put it over the top for me because I didn't think they were going to be able to do it, and they, you know, they found a way. Um, I, I really, I'm really excited about this team. Uh, you know, even even the small signings like a guy like Alejandro Diaz, who can be like a fourth, a, a fourth outfielder, or you know, like things like that will, will get will get me get me excited. So I think um, there's going to be a lot of a lot of good things with the, with the, with the Manchester. I'm excited. I'm going open day. Go- yeah, you said you're going to opening day. Um, have they announced the uh, opening day picture yet? No, not yet. But I assume it'll be uh, either Harvey or Syndergaard. All right, Harvey or Syndergaard. Anything is possible. Who knows? Stan, as always, thank you for your input. Oh, thanks for and, having me. And make sure you guys check out that show on March 25th. Yeah, March 25th, Broadway Time Club, 930. Be there or um, I will hunt you down.
All right. That's that's motivation enough. <laughs> All right, Stan, take care. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. That was Stan Talouise once again giving us the best in any NFL news, the best analysis. He's the guru. That's what he wants to be known as. We're going to call him the guru. And you know what? Let's get into a little music. You listen to Sports Social. I'm Ed Easton. My recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the tight. Here we go. It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. It's tricky. 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 It's tricky to rock around. To rock around. That's right. On time. It's tricky. 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 I met this little girly. Her hair was kind of curly. Went to her house and bust her out. I had to leave real early. Say is please me or spend some time and rock a rhyme. I said it's not that easy. It's tricky to rock around, to rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. How is it, babe? It's tricky, tricky, tricky. It's tricky to rock around, rock around. That's right, on time is tricky. Tricky, tricky, tricky. In New York, the people talk and try to make us rhyme. They really hawk, but we just walk because we have no time. And in the city, it's a pity because we just can't. Run DMC. This is Sports Social with Ed Easton. Yeah, how about that? It's the last time you heard a song like that on the radio. Nice little throwback. Once again, thank you to Stan Talawis for calling in. Danny Class A called in earlier. Man, it's it's, it's funny because now I'm like I'm seeing all these different updates. The Knicks don't know if Porzingis is going to play tonight. Once again, it's Knicks versus Warriors tonight in Golden State. Should be interesting. 
A lot of people are going to be watching those first four games. Like I said, Holy Cross versus Southern. Michigan versus Tulsa. These are the last of the first four games. Tomorrow's huge slate of games for this is college basketball, mind you. Bunch of games tomorrow for St. Patrick's Day. Which is kind of like my next thing. St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. I'm going to take a lot of calls tomorrow in regards to what are people doing? You know, how are they celebrating? Are they leaving work early? Are they just going to go to lunch? You get, you know, hammered and head back to, you know, like, how are they going to do this? So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun to figure this out in terms of just... It's the tournament. How do you sneak and watch it at work? I think they have like the the sneak watch it so your boss can't see it feature on NCAA on the NCAA website. I remember using it before, but it's one of those things where could you consider this like a holiday besides the St. Patrick's Day tie-in? Non-stop sports. You know, bars are gonna be open extra early tomorrow. It's going to be a fun day. Lots of fun. But hey, at the end of the day, it's always a fun time when you have nothing but sports on, and that's all it's going to be on for Thursday. That whole slate of games, I, I think I named over 10 games. Yeah, I don't even know the exact number. But once again, find a bar, enjoy it, enjoy the holiday. Just have a good time. But tonight, once again, check out those games. I'm going to be checking out the Knicks game. Um, some real quick notes that I do want to bring up. Last night, I got to watch a little bit of the Yankees versus Red Sox. You know, David Price making his debut for the Red Sox against the Yankees and that whole rivalry thing. I am personally, I'm not really worried. I'm not worried about David Price as a Yankees fan. We used to hit him when he played for Tampa Bay. We used to hit him when he played for Detroit. Now he just has the Red Sox uniform on. That's it. There's no magic behind that. It is what it is. I know there are going to be people out there that are going to say, hey, you know, like, the Red Sox are going to be a better team. This is the last year for David Ortiz. This is the... You know, his whole swan song. I don't think he's going to get a huge applause once he plays in New York. I can't wait for that first game. Red Sox at Yankees. I wonder how they're going to do it. I mean, the guy's been linked to steroids. We understand that. He has over 500 home runs. Is he a Hall of Famer? My answer to that is obviously no. I just don't see him automatically getting in on a first ballot. But if they do let him in, it's going to have to be, like, close to his last ballot. I'm uh, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not a David Ortiz fan. I think he was a great hitter. But if you don't have Edgar Martinez in the Hall of Fame yet, I can't see David Ortiz going in first. Edgar Martinez was the best hitting DH in baseball. Period. I just can't see anybody putting Ortiz over Martinez in any type of voting. It just it just doesn't make sense. This is going to be his last year. He's not going to get the Jeter treatment. It's not happening. 
So if anybody that's out there thinking, oh, he's going to get treated like Jeter, they're going to have, you know, parades in his honor and such. Just, let's be honest, that's not happening. David Ortiz, Derek Jeter, two different animals. Come on. Derek Jeter was the face of Major League Baseball for a number of years. A number of years. A lot of people started playing baseball because of Derek Jeter. I'm not saying that's not the same thing for Ortiz. I think he's done a great job, especially for his culture. I think he's been the greatest ambassador there is, but I just can't see him going to every ballpark and getting, like, presents. You know what I mean? I can't see that happening. Of course, Boston should make a big deal out of it, and they have every right to. But I don't think anywhere else is going to be as celebratory as they were. You know, it's just not, doesn't seem to make sense to me. But I don't know, like I said, I could be wrong. Tweet me at Ed Easton Jr. And let me know, and I'll read your tweet. You think I'm an idiot? It's okay, I'll, I'll say it on air. Just don't curse. I'm not going to say it on air if you curse. But once again, today was a cool show. Got to talk to Danny Class A, catch up with him. Big boxing guy, he has a lot of stuff going on as well. Stan Talouise, the football guru, comedy show on March 25th. You definitely need to check him out, guy. The guy's hilarious. I've seen him on stage recently, and I hope he's not talking about the same act. But if he is... For everybody else who hasn't seen it yet, you're going to definitely be in for a show. He's very good. So definitely come out and support that. Check out his Facebook page, his Twitter, at FunnyManStand as well. At Pablo Dollars and see what he has going on with the Nerdberg TV. It's good to see positive things going on within our community and people just taking it upon themselves to start their own businesses. But also understanding the value of just looking out for people and I think that's really what it's all about sports this is sports social it's the type of show where you can have these thoughts and just you know you want to say something you're on Twitter let's talk about it I actually like this beat I'm gonna turn up I like this beat it's just put you in a nice nice mood right now <laughs> Oh, man. But I'm going to get out of here. This is Outcast FM. I'll be back tomorrow. Once again, this is the first week. So, still working out some of the kinks. Monday through Thursday, Sports Social, here on Soundcast FM. I want to thank everybody for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs>